Yeah, small. Okay, so James chapter 3, 13 through 18. Um, I'll just read it from 13. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior. Let him show by his good behavior his deeds and gentleness and wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes from above, but is earthly, natural, and demonic. And that was uh, Miles's topic last week, that, that earthly wisdom. So from verse 15 there, uh, verse 16, for the, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. There's our verses for today, 17. But, and notice that contrast, uh, the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So we have um, the but in, in verse 17 is the contrast to that in 15, that earthly wisdom. We're talking about heavenly wisdom today. Uh, okay, Jimmy. Oh, and I don't have my, uh, the, uh, it won't advance. Uh, okay, Jimmy. I, I item, but that's okay. Um, so wisdom from above, um, first is heavenly wisdom. It comes down from heaven. Um, and that's what James means from above. In chapter 1, verse 17, he has every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, from whom there is no variation or shifting of shadow. Isn't that interesting how he ties it, 17 matches up to this chapter 3, um, or 117 matches up to 317 really well there. Uh, every gift from above comes down from the Father of lights. And here we're talking about wisdom coming down from above. That's a, that's a cool connection. Yes. Okay, so point two. First and foremost, this heavenly wisdom is pure. It's the adjective hagnos, and it means uh, being free from defilement, not contaminated. It's the same root as uh, the word holy. Holy is hagios. Um, James says, first it is pure, and that first is the word protos, and it doesn't really mean numerically, but it means the inner quality or the essence of the purity um, is, is what he's getting at there, not in, in numerical order, even though I might say first and second, you know, I might say first is pure, then second is peaceable, third is gentle. That's not real, what he's really saying. He's talking about the quality of that purity or all these, these characteristics of, of heavenly wisdom. Yeah. So all that follows or flows uh, is from purity. That yeah, Andrew, yeah Andrew, Andrew, we had a question uh, here. Weist had this comment. Um, I read this from a lesson I did uh, way previously. He said, God is called hagios or holy in the Bible, but never pure hagnos. Uh, Christ is hagnos. He is pure uh, because he went through this human experience 
and he achieved this sinless life. Um, and he was cleansed and undefiled while he was on this earth. So he maintained purity during that. And of course, God the Father, um, it's just his essence is holiness. So that's an interesting point there from Weist. Uh, point C here. Um, this heavenly wisdom is free from the defilement of a sinful character or a sinful motivation or the old man. Uh, it's cleansed from all sin and unrighteousness is a thought from 1 John 1, 9. So if you want to, I, I think you could say if you want to be have heavenly wisdom, wisdom from above, first uh, a confessed uh, confess your sins and and be in 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 right standing with God would be uh, very helpful in in achieving that heavenly wisdom. Um, second, it's peaceable, is what James says. It's free from strife and disorder. And contrast that to last week's verse sixteen and the characters of earthly or natural wisdom, where James says, "For where." jealousy and selfish ambition exist there's disorder and every evil thing so that's a contrast from this word peaceable okay jimmy let's thank you jimmy and just for the uh for the recording sake uh people who listen to this audio after the fact is i've yeah. got no yeah. control of my yeah andrew can, can you hear us my lovely assistant jimmy yeah, advancing my slides there's something wrong with that <laughs> this is okay just let it go uh, i know can, can you hear me <laughs> well, yeah. We, andrew, well yeah can you can you hear the class yeah, can you hear us i didn't at first but now you i can't can. okay all right we went sure did you get all that yeah yeah yeah, did you have, you have a question? Uh, Actually, uh, I wanted to make a comment. Uh, the Protoss <clears throat> on the previous slide. Yeah. Isn't that similar to what Jesus is referred to as the Prototokos, the preeminent one? Yeah, yeah, not, that's a good point. He's uh, not first, he's the preeminent one. Yeah, and he's uh, he's first in rank. Yes. Or first in order, but not numerically. Yeah, that's a good right. point. That's yeah. a really good point. I think it's the same kind of word. Okay, I can hear you guys now. So, that's okay. good. <laughs> I, were you trying to interrupt me? And I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I was. But I okay. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> this wisdom from above, uh, point four. And he goes on to say, flowing from uh, purity and then peace, peaceableness. Uh, wisdom from above is gentle and reasonable, which is free from harshness, sternness. It's docile. Um, reasonable is reasonable means easy to be entreated. William Kelly says um, you can with ease make petitions of one with heavenly wisdom. It's never stern or proud or impatient. James, again, uh, highlights this by saying, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and will, will be given to him. That's from chapter 1, verse 5. And uh, we studied that before, but it, it's saying that God won't clap back at you or find fault in you if you ask for wisdom. 
There's no fault in asking for wisdom. Um, heavenly wisdom, then, is, uh, continuing is full of mercy, and that's Elios. And uh, this is Wiest, who quotes Trench. I like this definition of uh, mercy, uh, and that is mercy uh, is has to do with the ministry of Christ in mitigating or assuaging and removing our misery, uh, our misery due to the consequences that we find ourselves in, in our sinful condition. That's a miserable condition. And it's Christ's work to mitigate that or assuage it um, or remove it. And he has at the cross, right? And that's, I like that definition of misery. Peter has in 1 Peter 3, 9, not returning evil for evil, or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, for you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. That's from First Peter three nine, and that's a that's a good definition of mercy as well, is it not returning not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. Um, it's not giving us what we truly deserve on account of our sinfulness. Um, and then Kelly has exhibiting compassion towards wrongdoers and returning good to the ungrateful and the evil. Next he has wisdom from above uh, results in good fruits. And when I read that, I think of love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness and self-control from Galatians 5. Um, those are the fruits of the Spirit. Next, um, and this is the last part of verse 17 here in chapter 3, heavenly wisdom from above is unwavering and without hypocrisy. King James Version has it's without um, partiality. But um, I like unwavering better than that. Um, unwavering seems to be better as it, as it is heavenly wisdom's counterpoint to what James writes in chapter 1, verse 6. Um, and that's asking for wisdom without doubting. And as you'll recall, he says in chapter 1, verse 6, For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. And then in Chapter 1, verse 8, he says, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his waves, in all his ways. Um, so that's that seems to be to better fit um, the word unwavering than the King James uh, without partiality. Um, unwavering is without ambiguousness or it's without uncertainty. That's from Strong's. Uh, James 1.7, again, has everything, every good thing comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shifting of shadow. And that, so chapter 1, uh, verse 7, lines up really well with 3.17 that we have before us right now. That variation and shifting of shadow, that's it seems to say it's unwavering or immutable, that's God's uh, essential characters, uh, um, unmutability. 
then without hypocrisy is just it's true to appearances is uh, i think that's simply defined so in other words uh heavenly wisdom comes from walking in the spirit from galatians 5 22 and 23 um and then if you have if you take on earthly wisdom wisdom that is earthly natural demonic from two verses prior in James 3.15, that lines up well with what Paul describes as the um, the deeds of the flesh in Galatians 5.19 and 20. So we have walking in the spirit or walking according to the flesh um, is, the, is the thought here. Um, or is what are, what is the spring source of producing this heavenly wisdom? Is it from a fresh spring or a bitter spring, as James says mm-hmm. in earlier verses in 11 and 12? Or is it from the olive tree or the fig tree are we, are we sourcing um, our, our wisdom from? And then I have just the note that obviously it's old nature versus new nature, old nature versus the new nature. Um, if you're all in agreement with that. Okay, I have this, uh, I created this ch- chart or this uh, illustration here, and it's heavenly worse wisdom versus earthly wisdom. And I just, what I did is I just gleaned from various places from this James 3, plus a survey of uh, Proverbs 7, 8, and 9, and then Colossians 2 and 1 Corinthians chapter 2, as what heavenly wisdom is compared to earthly wisdom. So we have heavenly wisdom is from above. It is first pure, then peaceable, reasonable, full of mercy, full of good fruits. This is just verbatim from verse 17 here in chapter 3. Unwavering and without hypocrisy. Um, It's the mind of Christ and the things of God, the depths of God. Um, heavenly wisdom is the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that's only revealed through the spirit. And then in Proverbs, it, it, we, we get the, the information that heavenly wisdom is desirable more than jewels or gold or silver. It also says in, in scripture that heavenly wisdom gives life. Contrast that to earthly wisdom which is natural, natural, demonic. It's a philosophy, empty deception. It's enslaving. It's the traditions of men, the principles of the world. It's boisterous. Earthly wisdom is likened to a temptress calling out to the naive. It, uh, earthly wisdom is a harlot, and earthly wisdom leads to death. Wow. How about that? Yeah, that's good. And that's just just me sort of uh, piling in all the descriptors of of these earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. And that last line there, Andrew, leads to death. That is so connected with James, isn't it? Yeah, right. Leading to death and does not give life. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Just in summation, wouldn't it be good to say that what is wisdom but the correct application of truth? Yeah, 
He's gone. He's gone there. He's gone there. <laughs> you're you're ahead of him, Roy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I can't hear Roy too well, but I, I think he said it's is wisdom the correct application of truth. Yeah, and I think this slide, this next slide, will answer that. Um, okay. I've always defined wisdom as applied knowledge, simply, and that's all the farther I went with it. Miles in last week's lesson had knowledge applied. And he had skill of living, which is good. Um, and wisdom is Sophia in the Greek. You'll recognize that. Um, but wisdom, I was wondering what the difference between wisdom and knowledge is. I thought that a lot about that. And I found that the secular definition is really good. It conforms very well to how wisdom is personified in Proverbs 7, 8, and 9, to say the least. So if you just do a simple web search, you get a lot of good stuff. And that's knowledge <laughs> is gathered from learning and education, while most say wisdom is gathered from day-to-day -day experiences and is the state of being wise. Um, knowledge is merely having the clarity of facts, while wisdom is the practical ability to make consistently good decisions in life. And that's a good one. That ties up to what Miles had last week really well. I thought this is good too. Wisdom is the ability to discern and judge what is true, right, and lasting, while knowledge is the accumulation of information gained through experience, reasoning, or acquaintance. Knowledge can exist without wisdom, but not the other way around. Wisdom involves a healthy dose of perspective and the ability to make sound judgments about a subject, while knowledge is simply knowing. Um, one thing these definitions leave out that scripture makes ties in a lot is the word, uh, is the concept of understanding. Um, it's very important uh, in in understanding what wisdom is to have that word understanding. Um, so I have knowledge leads to understanding, which goes on with experience to form wisdom. Um, or insight is a, is a good word for for uh, wisdom. So that's just uh, I just wanted to define uh, wisdom and. You know, the, if you just do a simple modern-day search, it's, it's good. It, it, it uh, describes it really well. Um, too bad they can't, uh, in this modern-day right. age, uh, you know, define woman, what a woman is. Right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. lost that ability. But wisdom, they've defined that really well. Um, where does wisdom begin? And that's, you see the answer there. It, you see it in three texts uh, from Psalm 1, 110, verse 10. And that's the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Of well, and if, if the world would uh, catch on to this, they'd be able to find a woman pretty easily. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Psalms 110 and verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, Proverbs 9.10, 
the fear of the Lord is, again, the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And there you have that, how Scripture brings an understanding a lot, that uh, epi, epigenosco, I think, is that personalized knowledge that you really uh, incorporate. Um, you just don't know it. You, you personalize it. Um, so some characteristics of wisdom. Uh, wisdom, wisdom is desirable, first of all, and vitally, vitally connected with understanding and learning uh, of, from God or God's things. We have Proverbs 8.11, for wisdom is better than jewels, and all desirable things cannot compare with her. Proverbs 8.12, I, wisdom, dwell in prudence, and I find knowledge, and I find knowledge and discretion. Proverbs 8.14, counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding, power is mine. Proverbs 14.33, wisdom rests in the heart of one who has understanding, but in the hearts of fools it is made known. Proverbs 16.16, how much better it is to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is to be cho and to get understanding is to be chosen above silver. And from Proverbs 17, verse 24, we have wisdom is the presence of the one who has understanding. But the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. That's an interesting one if you read that again. Um, the eyes of the fool of a fool, his eyes only go from one end of the earth to the other, and that's mm -hmm. what he focuses on. He doesn't focus on heavenly things. All he's got before him is, you know, his his yachts and his bank accounts. And his, yeah, like that. That's an interesting point from Proverbs there, from King Solomon. Um, this is adapted from J.B. Stoney, and this helps us a little uh, very well in understanding what wisdom is. He says that there are two cries on the earth from man two invitations either of which man set accepts um, one is called uh, what is called folly in the sight of god is the thought of a great gain in the world and that matches up to that proverbs verse i just read um, so folly is thinking about that great gain in the world god designates her cry as that of a foolish woman because it has qualities of natural physical attraction and is subtle in its influence. So in other words, folly, wisdom and folly, folly is this naturally attractive woman, um, whereas, and wisdom is this refined um, woman who is, think of, um, I don't know, the Statue of Liberty or the that woman who holds the scales, you know, mm -hmm. that sort of greater woman. So he's comparing two women is what he's doing. He says it's tremendous. It's of tremendous importance to which cry we attend to and are led by. And every honest person knows how often he turns aside from the voice of wisdom and listens to the voice of folly. The foolish woman or folly cries out to the one, to only those who go right 
in their ways and only to them who are on a right and righteous path. So in other words, folly is only calling out to, to uh, men or women who are, are, are righteous or going about their path in righteousness. Um, J.B. Stoney says, the world doesn't invite the world. Uh, there's no occasion for folly to invite the world because she already owns the world, is what he said. They're, they're already in folly, right? Right, yeah. So the intention of folly is to, to lead the upright astray. Um, Proverbs, in, Proverbs 7 has, the wisdom of the world is a harlot and cries to passers-by. And it's, you can literally, literally read that in Proverbs 9. She sits on a stoop and it's, she's in the streets and she's in the squares and she lurks behind every corner, calling out to passersby to, to drag them into folly. Um, wisdom, on the other hand, uh, and this is from Proverbs 9, uh, gives her cry, her invitation uh, to men from the very highest places of the city, and she sends it out to everyone. So not just to um, the ones who are righteous in the past, but to to people who aren't. So it's it's sort of like the gospel, isn't it? The gospel goes out to to all the earth, uh, to the whole world. So I thought that was an interesting uh, point from J.B. Stoney there. Um, and now we go into verse 18. So I've broken it up. I was going to announce that at the beginning but I've broken up the two verses um, into two parts here. Uh, we just looked at the, the definition of wisdom. Now we'll just uh, tackle verse 18 here. Verse 18 says, And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Um, so back in what Miles covered last week in chapter 3, 14 through 16, it said of the this earthly demonic natural wisdom it said it's it had the characteristics of bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart and do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth disorder in every evil thing is what james said in verses 14 through 16 but now he's making a contrast from that to this verse 18 and that is the wisdom from above and it's it's he's tying this into what he had in verse 17 the fact that is first pure and flowing from purity um, is peaceableness and um a constable has this peaceable meaning um peace loving or peace peace practicing or peace yielding um peacemaking is a good work isn't it um and we are to show those good works um you know uh, james could easily have you know uh, show me your wisdom by by your works or show me your heavenly wisdom by your works um so we want to show this wisdom in our lives um and it flows from being justified and that this it this is really interesting because this verse 18 lines up with Romans 5.1 really well, and uh, we are justified, and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
it says, you know, in five one. Therefore, being justified. And what does justification mean? It means being declared righteous. So uh, I I found that tie-in very interesting: righteousness and and peace. Um, Paul says in Romans twelve eighteen, if if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Um, we have both peace, the peace of God in Philippians 4, 7, and the peace with God in, in Romans 5, 1. Those two, two types of peace, of God and with God. Um, so what is the source of us showing forth this, this peace or this work of peace in our lives? And uh, Kelly has this about Melchizedek. Um, and this is from Hebrews 7. Uh, verses 1 through 2, and it says there, For this Melchizedek, the king of Salem, the priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham as he was returning from uh, the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him, to whom also Abraham apportioned a tenth of all the spoils, um, was first of all, this king, uh, this Melchizedek, he was first of all, by the translation of his name, the king of righteousness. And then also the king of Salem, which is which translates to the king of peace. So there you have righteousness and peace there in the person of Melchizedek. And uh, who, uh, this is a bonus question, who do we take <laughs> the king of Salem to be? Jesus Christ. Good. Yeah. And that, that's an easy one. Um, much easier than... Um, I'm going to borrow this from uh, Pastor John Clark, and that is, uh, there was a Sunday school class with little kids, and the Sunday school teacher was teaching about things of the Bible and Jesus, and um, she said, now, now, kids, what is this little animal with four little paws that climbs up trees? What is that called? And Everyone stayed silent. All the kids stayed silent. And she said, well, come on, kids. It's, it's got four paws. It, it gathers nuts. Come on, kids. No, they didn't, still didn't answer. Kids, it has a big bushy tail. What, what is that? And no one would answer. Finally, a kid said, one kid said, well, I know the answer is Jesus. But it really, sounds, yeah, it really sounds like you're describing a squirrel. <laughs> so I got that from uh, the Duluth conference. Uh, that's good. So the answer to everything is, is Jesus. But uh, if I'm describing something else, you can. <laughs> that's really funny because that's, that's that's what i always say is the answer yeah. to all these questions in your classes where it's always and jesus christ you, you can never go wrong <laughs> and i put that in there for you jimmy because at that point often okay uh jimmy last slide and uh there's our my i brought back my final thoughts um, <laughs> slide so early in the study uh, we asked, where does wisdom begin? And that was with the fear of the Lord. Um, but where does wisdom end is a question I had. Um, and I thought that 
Paul gives some answers there. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the entire chapter is about wisdom. It's, it's, really, it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends with, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 ends with, for the one for who has known the mind of the Lord, that he will instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Uh, but right before this, in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, uh, the Spirit of God has, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Um, finally, uh, to answer our, our squirrel question here, uh, that the answer is, is Christ, um, in Colossians 2, uh, verses 2 and 3, Paul has true knowledge of God's mystery, mm-hmm. that is Christ himself, in whom are all, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So that's our answer uh, as to where this heavenly wisdom is sourced and where it ends. Right? I can't think of a of a different end than of wisdom than Christ Himself. That's where it doesn't go beyond Him. Um, if you all agree, yeah, yeah, Amen. Yeah, so great. Well, that was a. Uh, interesting <laughs> class without, <laughs> okay i felt yeah out of control not being able to <laughs> right. that's true well but uh, well, Andrew, maybe we need to practice during the week here with, with your computer and do some stuff well just yeah i'll i'll look at the um I'll well you, you can set up a, a the between, settings uh between your computers at home you know try to do a you know do a, a zoom class through that or call us and we do it with Roy or myself or somebody. Yeah. And I think what it is, I think it's the, the security settings, you know, it, it's not allowing that okay. application to come through, but I can't figure that out on the, okay. on the fly. So, uh, all right. Great. Um, I'd be, be glad to work with you if you want on that. end. Yeah. Yeah. Work, yeah. Work with Roy. That'd be great. 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 So, well, thanks. I'll close up real quick in prayer. Our Heavenly Father. Uh, we thank you for this, this study in wisdom, and we thank you that you um, you make known uh, all things to us in, in your word. And we just uh, pray that uh, that word will will seed in our hearts, and um, that uh, we'll just uh, we'll have a good week. And uh, Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Uh, amen. <laughs>